Principal Matters Podcast, Episode 141. Hi, Principal Matters listeners. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, I want to talk about how culture drives successful learning communities with my guest, Dr. Kyle Palmer. Dr. Palmer is currently in his second year as Executive Director of Human Resources for the Center School District of South Kansas City, Missouri. And for this transition, he spent the previous 10 years as principal of a nationally recognized school, Lewis and Clark Elementary in Liberty, Missouri. Kyle began his career as a fourth grade teacher in Ankeny, Iowa in 2000. Kyle is a passionate believer in the power of professional learning communities and transforming schools to be more future ready. He did his research and dissertation in the existence of a knowing doing gap in PLC implementation, which led him to a deeper understanding about the power of establishing culture that focuses on the practices of people who work collaboratively. He was named a distinguished principal in 2013, and he won the new principal award for that region in 2000. Under his leadership, Lewis and Clark was designated a national model PLC school. Kyle also consults for ICLE, the International Center for Leadership and Education, Solution Tree, and he's a certified John Maxwell speaker, trainer, and coach in his spare time. Kyle Palmer, welcome to Principal Matters. Fill in the gap on that intro and tell us something else that may surprise listeners to know about you. Oh, hey, Will. How are you doing? I'm glad and excited to join you today. Maybe the fact that we have four kids, I know you do as well. So uh, we have a hectic, uh, hectic home life. And my wife is also an administrator. She's in her first year of being a building principal. Uh, so we have, uh, we both have careers that uh, are overlap a great deal. Well, and I always think it's funny when I say in your spare time, you do consulting because with school leadership, yes. being the dad of four kids, being married to another administrator, you guys eat, sleep and drink school leadership. But you and I have known each other for a while. We followed each other online. We've connected through a lot of the professional learning that you and I both enjoy doing. And so it's such a pleasure to have you on the show today. I want to dive right into some questions that are have been in my mind since we've talked about having this conversation. And the first one, I just want to talk about your experience a little bit. A lot of listeners are practicing or aspiring principals. I have other listeners who have been principals and moved into district leadership. And so my first question, I'm just curious, Kyle, what are some of the changes that you've experienced moving from full-time principal now into full-time district level leadership? I think the the first thing I think of is, is leadership at the district level is on a much broader scale. You know, the, it was great as we built our culture and our climate at Lewis and Clark. You know, you were really just impacting, you know, all the teachers and the parents and the, and the students, obviously, uh, there. And you, you kind of got to worry about your own, you know, single building. When you go to the district level, you're talking about having to try to build that collaboration and uh, influence with several different administrators and principals who have several, you know, different types of buildings. You want every, you want leaders to be autonomous. You want to see how and what the needs are for their buildings, for their students, for their staff, for their community, but also trying to, to get some consistency of ideas and procedures and policies across the entire district. And, you know, I think I was kind of told this as I started a job and I've seen it. I think sometimes change happens a little slower 
than maybe it did at the building level. Well, I remember having a good conversation with a friend of ours, Justin Bader, who's an author and also hosts the Principal Center radio show. And we were talking about the fact that in our work with principals, so often we recognize that a district leader, a director, an assistant soup can often make it or break it for the principals under their care. And it's not always their responsibility for what happens in a building, but it does influence that. And have you seen that in the practice that you're, that you're in now that you're serving principals? I try to, to take the same advice. When I moved from being a teacher to a principal, I had a, a close friend of mine who was a first grade teacher at the building in Ankeny, Iowa that I, that I worked at. And she was about five, five. And she just, she, you know, we were talking one day and she just looked up at me and she kind of put her finger in my face and she said, don't you ever forget what it was like to be a teacher. And so as my 10 years of being a principal, I always tried to, to remember and to understand and to see the perspective of, of what it's like to be a teacher. And I just, I took that same advice. And, and when I moved to the district level, you know, I tell myself every day, I don't ever want to forget what it was like to be a principal. Principal is a, is a hard job. It's an essential job. And, and I view it, you know, kind of back to your first question. I, I probably even more now look at my job as how can I remove barriers? How can I remove obstacles? How can I help pave the way to support principals? Because they're the ones, they're the ones who have that vital job. I mean, if without our principals in the district, we're not going to do a whole lot as a district. So we have to give our principal the tools and the coaching and the supports and do whatever, whatever I can do, do whatever other district leaders can do. They have a tough job. It's, it's an awesome job. I thoroughly loved every second I was a building principal. I view my job by now more as supporting them and just seeing whatever I can do to help them out. Well, I love that because it also matches your philosophy, Kyle, that I know that you have, which is the power of collaboration, teamwork, working with others if you're actually going to see success and change and influence within schools. And so that leads to my next question. I'm, I'm curious, what do you see as, now that you are at a perspective, you've served for so many years as a principal, now that you're in this perspective of supporting principals in schools, what do you think are some of the challenges or pitfalls that you see principals having that you would recommend that they try to avoid? Because you've, you kind of see it from a lot of perspectives now. I would say that, that they try to do too many things. So you, what you end up doing is you, you do a lot of things kind of superficially without doing anything real deeply. When we try to you know, provide a, a system or a framework across our district, we do that because we want to be consistent between our buildings. We want there to be clarity throughout our district organization. We also want, just like we would want teachers to be, we want, we want our leaders to be autonomous and to do what they know they need to do for their school communities. I think sometimes, you know, as a principal, they want to do the district things, but then they want to do a bunch of other things. And then it gets just to be really overwhelming for, for the teachers and for the staff in the building. And you'll, and I did it as a principal too. You hear about, you know, this principal's doing this and, and that's gone well. And this principal's doing this. And then you'll have a teacher who goes to a conference and they come back with, you know, two different great ideas. And then, you know, we're all learners, right? We're all, we're all listening to podcasts and reading books and going to conferences. So you're always hearing about these great ideas and there's all these silver bullets and, and magical things and all these things that we want to do. We try to do them all because they all sound great until about a month or two in and 
people are looking around like, what are we supposed to be doing? And how do you do this? And how do you do that? And, and then it just leads to frustration. So I think the discipline to, to stick to whatever your plans are for the year and just to try to more deeply implement what you've already set out to do and, and do that and then move on to something, you know, maybe one other new thing. The, if you've got five or six things going on, you really have none going on. And I probably was especially like that as a new beginning principle especially coming in and you wanted your school to, to be able to do this and do that. And, you know, I learned over time that it's not about how much we're doing. It's about how well we are doing it. It reminds me a lot of Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, where he talks about the top 100 companies across the country who have been high excelling corporations for, for decades and what sets them apart from others. And that, what you just said was one of the main points Collins makes in that book, which is that leaders who choose the one thing that they can do well and implement that, they have a strong focus on what, what it is that they're trying to do. And, and I know as principals, it's difficult because you're weighing both the district expectations, your building's expectations, sometimes state and federal expectations. That can be a difficult balance for leaders. You've had the experience of leading a school that has seen a lot of success. And I want to talk a little bit about some of the research that you've done as an acting principal but also for your dissertation um, in professional learning communities, what were some of the things that you've discovered of what makes some PLCs successful while others are not? It's a great question. There is, there is a lot, you know, a lot there with professional learning communities. I, you know, I learned under the great, you know, Rick and Becky DeFore and, and, and the model that they put together and, and really was able to communicate to educators all over the world. It goes without saying collaboration. And not just collaborating or what you know you would we would call collaborating, but collaborating around effective strategies. And again, it was it was the teams that were really good at fewer things that were our best teams. The dynamic that's sometimes hard to develop or hard to sometimes even expect. There was always one thing about our most successful teams, and that was that it, it hurt when kids did not learn. And again, that's, that's hard to develop in teams. And what I mean by that is they took it personally. As an HR director now, I, I openly train our principals and I, you know, I screen candidates. I look for an element of competitiveness. I love competitive people. I myself am a very competitive person and, and I, I love people who are competitive because it's not that they're trying to be better than others. It's that they're trying to be their best self or they're trying to be their best teacher. They're trying to be their best member of a team they can be. And the teachers would say, you know, why are they not learning? What are we going to do now? And they would, that was just, it, it was just in them that they were going to do whatever it took to make sure those kids are going to be successful. And those teams too, it, it didn't matter. Just like, just like great coaches in sports, every year, despite the group of kids there was, if it was, a, you know, sometimes you would, you know, you'd know that's, that's, a, that's a group that struggles. Uh, that's a group that's whatever. You know, every year those teams, those kids, they learned. And on a state assessment or whatever it was, those kids were always there. They, they would always produce groups of kids who had high levels of learning. And I think it goes back to just their pure desire to take care of kids. And what I would also add into that is, you know, it's kind of that interdependence piece that Rick and Becky talked about, really depending on one another. 
just like the principal job, the teaching job is very difficult. And you have to have those around you that you can lean on, offer ideas, get ideas, work together. And then we always call it working on the right work, you know, kind of back to your Jim Collins idea um, of the 10Xers. I also love uh, Jim's idea on the fanatical discipline. He called it fanatical discipline. And that was more in his uh, Great by Choice book, just to do fewer things extremely well. And what our teams could do is that they would assess kids based on, you know, unwrapping a standard or understanding a standard, assess kids, four, five, six questions, keep it simple. And when kids didn't get it, they were that day, you know, at the end of class, beginning of class, RTI block, whatever, maybe they just responded right away, very flexibly, very quickly, very accurately. And then they just, they just did whatever they had to do until the kids got it. It was, I mean, it was not to make it too complicated. It's, it's kind of that simple. And that's one of the things that I've recognized in my past leadership, but also in practices with principals that I talk to now that are starting to jump into PLCs for the first time. Often they'll see the RTI schedule. They'll see what the teams look like. They might see some of the common formative assessment samples. A lot of times people put the the cart before the horse. They, they see all of these models, but they don't realize that unwrapping those, just those few standards, keeping it very simple. What kind of learning do you want your kids to have? How do you look at a standard, unwrap it, and then assess for it without overwhelming yourself with trying to teach too many standards or assess too much? And so any other thoughts on that? That unwrapping process is, you know, I'll admit it's not the funnest part of the process. It's, it's not easy. It's not the fun work sometimes, but it is such a crucial element because you'd be amazed you know, you sit four teachers down, even teachers who have taught together for a while, you, you sit them down a lot of times and ask them to independently describe what this learning target might be. And more often than not, they all have a, you know, they all have a somewhat of a different response to what it exactly is the kids need to be able to do. So just to have that conversation, to go through that process, to all be on the same page with the learning, and then you're going to, then you're going to put together more of an accurate assessment. You're going to then all score the assessment the same way. You're also, you're going to do the interventions to get kids to the same place. That unpacking process is, is, is so, so important. And I think the longer I did the work, the more I realized that sometimes that was the missing piece. You know, it's just Anthony Muhammad has a good piece on, on if you're going to cook something, you're going to follow a recipe. You know, you just can't pick and choose what parts of the recipe you want to, to put together to make, you know, grandma's famous meatloaf or whatever it is. If you skip a couple of ingredients along the way, it's just not going to be the same. I like that perspective, you know, that kind of visual to draw. Like, you may not know why, you know, you may have lacked that understanding, but there's a reason for everything in that PLC process. Principal Matters listeners, at the end of today's show, I will share Kyle's contact information because I know, Kyle, sometimes you visit with schools, consult with schools, help school leaders who may be walking through that process for the first time or maybe have been doing it a while, but need someone else's perspective. And so thanks for that feedback. One of the things that I also know you've been exploring because you and I had the opportunity to visit about this is the power of partnering, not just with your teachers, but also with your parents. And I want to have that conversation for just a little bit because I think as a former principal, but now as a practicing director, you probably see a lot of perspectives on parent engagement in schools. And so let's go there for a few minutes. What are some of the lessons that you think that school leaders should keep in mind when it comes to partnering with parents? Yeah, I think 
I think it's easy to get really defensive, you know, when we, when we don't know a parent maybe as well as we, as we could, or we should, or for whatever reason, we tend to, to quickly get to be defensive or to quickly try to explain our side of things. And when really a lot of times parents just want to be heard, they, they want to know that their kid is being taken care of for the eight hours they're at school. And it's, it's amazing to think about the fact that we do, we kids spend, you know, a large part of their day, their wake, you know, awake hours at school. So as a parent, and I have this perspective too, as a parent, I want to know that the adults that my kids come in contact with have their best intentions and who, who are trying to do the best they can do to help out my child. So a parent can have concerns. That's okay. That it doesn't mean that's a bad thing. And I, I think just, you know, through my research too, conflict is just something, conflict is probably the number one thing that teachers avoid or want to avoid. And most of, most of us, it's not our human nature to, to thrive on conflict or to seek out conflict. Really, no one is that way. Even parents aren't that way. And I think a lot of times we try to handle things through the phone or on email when really just getting face-to-face and talking will, will eliminate a lot of that. When I first started out teaching, you know, my first three or four years before kids, I remember thinking, I can't believe this kid didn't have their homework done. I can't believe that, you know, this family is so busy. They got all this stuff going on. I can't believe they, they didn't sit down for an hour and a half and study for this big social studies test today. And I can't believe, I can't believe, I can't believe. And I had this perspective that a family's life should be, you know, from five until nine should be focused on school events and school things and studying and learning. And the kids are way too busy. Well, now, you know, 13, 14 years later, I have the, I'm, I'm that exact parent who I was complaining about as a beginning teacher, because with our four kids, I mean, there are literally some nights that all four kids have an event and we all go in different directions. And my wife goes this way and I go that way. We've got a neighbor who takes our kid this way. And, and kids are busy and, and maybe too busy, but it's, that was you know, kind of trying to show that lack of perspective that I have now as a parent. And I'm sitting here thinking, well, the school's asking us to do way too much stuff. We've got too much homework and this is just busy work. And, and again, you're always going to judge yourself off of your, you know, what your intentions are and the actions of others. And I think everybody, parents, educator, staff, whatever, everybody would do better by trying to look through the other person's perspective a little bit. Kyle, I think you could wrap up your entire conversation today with something that you said earlier about collaborative teams that work are teachers whose hearts hurt when their students fail. And as I've listened to you describing relationships with teachers, relationships supporting principals, relationships with parents, that's the common theme. When Those whom you work with, whether they're the teachers you support, the principals you partner with, the parents whom you're serving, when they know you love kids and that you have their best interest at mind or that your heart hurts too when they fail, it's a whole different conversation about finding solutions when everybody knows that they're in it for what's best for the students. And I know none of us do that perfectly, but I love that perspective Mm -hmm. because it's a great reminder that our hearts hurting when kids fail gives us a good place to start when it comes to the motivations that we need to keep serving kids. Kyle, what are some ways that listeners can stay connected with you if they want to follow up with you 
online or by email? And then any parting thoughts you have before we go? Sure. The, I'm on Twitter. It's uh, at Dr. Kyle Palmer. Uh, my email is the same as Dr. Kyle Palmer at gmail.com. And uh, I've also got a LinkedIn account out there as well. So if you, if you use LinkedIn, invite you to become friends if you're not already. For me, I, I do I do love the work of consulting and I just love being able to hopefully provide some support and some training or you know some understanding to other leaders. You know, I, as you said at the very beginning, I'm also a John Maxwell, you know, trainer, speaker, coach. Uh, you know, John's incredible. He's probably the biggest influencer on me and and my my own leadership development and then my desire to help others become better leaders. You know, I think we we get stuck in education talking so much about this instructional strategy, this assessment strategy, this test, that test, the state's change, whatever it may be. We talk a, a lot about the the what of education and and I just like to talk about the how of education mm-hmm. and how can we all become better leaders? How can we all affect change? How can we all become better influencers? no matter what role, because every, you know, every person in the school is a leader. I'm presenting at the Missouri, the Missouri Association of Elementary School Principals in March. Uh, hopefully, if you're listening to this and you're a principal in Missouri, you can get down there in March. Uh, Michael Schooley is the executive director of the Missouri uh, you know, Association. There does a great job uh, doing a few things, some different school districts, and I'm doing a John Maxwell leadership training for leaders at the end of April. It's going to be down in Jefferson City. So there'll be some information coming out about that uh, from MAESP as well. So, no, I love I love talking about leadership. So uh, I, I welcome all your questions and thoughts. Kyle Palmer, thank you so much for the time that you gave us today. Thank you for the leadership that you're providing to schools in Missouri. Thank you for giving us feedback today on how culture drives successful learning communities. I will link back in the show notes to all of Kyle's contact information so you can stay connected with him. Thank you, Kyle, for the great work that you're doing. Thank you, Principal Matters listeners, for listening this week and for doing what matters. And I'll talk to you soon. If you'd like other free resources like this one, you can check out all my posts at williamdparker.com. 